This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscape, this is Jonathan, and I was thinking since we're going to have a little bit of a hiatus this week, and a major comic book movie did come out, it would be wrong of me to just have a week off without talking about The Wolverine, the big comic book movie that came out this past weekend. And obviously, if we're going to be talking comic book movies, I'm going to have Ian Kerner right here to talk to me. So I'm actually sitting in Ian Kerner's apartment. I've never actually been here. And uh, we're going to be talking about The Wolverine, the James Mangold movie that just came out, and... uh, Ian, right off the bat, let's just get to it because you're the guy I want to go to for the analysis of this. Um, you're doing like stretch. What is that? He's like stretching in his apartment. What is that? It's, it's like a weapon. It's a massage tool. Really? We're talking about that? Yeah. He's got a massage tool. He's going to massage himself during this. This is the difference between you, know, you used to have the nice video podcast and now we're just going to sit here doing audio. No, listen, I, I still have a nice video podcast, but um, it's different. you didn't show up. <laughs> you, you had to call in because you got like deathly sick. Um, but let's let's talk Wolverine. Okay, so uh, the movie came out. I was not. I mean, the more I saw about this movie leading up to it, the more promotional stuff, like the fight on the train, the goofier and less interested I got. I was like, okay, well, this is starting to look a little too silly. Uh, really, you just kind of have me with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because I think that he enjoys playing it, and I think he, it's a lot of fun to watch him play Wolverine. And obviously, after X Men Origins, you could go nowhere but up and. It's promising that I love James Mangold's movies. I was really intrigued when it was Darren Aronofsky. And um, the, everything you'd seen image-wise looked great, that they were going to be doing like the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, uh, Wolverine thing. Having seen it now, what were your impressions? I actually, leading up to it, was getting more excited by the more footage that I saw. Um, I, you know, back with Aronofsky, I was excited about it in development – um, but oddly, the last, you know, like six months to a year, it had, I'm not going to say it fell off my radar. I knew it was coming, but it just, we weren't really being inundated with, with stuff on it. And I think I just wasn't really daring to hope that much. And, uh, and going in, um, well, obviously I've seen it and it was, it was really good, but the things that bothered me about it really bothered me about it. Really? Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it, it comes back to, and I'll make you laugh now, but it comes back to conversations we've had before where sometimes the source material is so good and there's certain cases where there's no reason to deviate from the source material. You know, the best one is the Daredevil movie, which we always laugh about, you know, um, because in, in, the, in the two hours they had, you know, Electra at that point was in, you know, what, 12, 13 issues, you know, in a miniseries. So what, total, you know... 19 issues total they could have just told the story exactly as it was laid out and here I, I kind of feel the same way you know um, yeah you know you had to introduce Mariko 
but I was just really disappointed in the villains, which is whom are almost everybody. You know, um, I saw I liked the introduction of the World War Two stuff. Um, it was a bit reminiscent of, of the, the Dakin stuff, if you know the Dakin origin. You know, um, should I, I mean to re- recap? It's that you know Wolverine was in you know the the war at that time. And he survived it. And right after that, and, and theoretically, there's nothing in this movie that, that takes away from that, that could have been right after that, he ended up with a woman who he impregnated, and that's Dakin's mother. Uh, Dakin is Wolverine's son yeah. who grows up to be With the two claws and then, like, the wrist claw. And, right. I mean, if you're reading um, the uh, Uncanny oh, Avengers right now, like, what they're doing with, like, the, the really dead good. X-Men, it's really good. If you guys aren't reading that, um, it's pretty awesome. Like awesome. Uncanny Avengers is a really awesome book. That yeah. the whole he's one of the horsemen of apocalypse. Yeah. Now the new apocalypse. I mean, it's awesome. Everything's super personal. That last issue is really yeah. personal. Yeah. Awesome. Listen, I mean, not not to go off on too big of a tangent, but the Banshee stuff in that last issue was just the shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially when you think back to when Banshee died and the fact that um, you know Vulcan had killed him. And you know, even this stuff with Siren freaking out about it, and it's like, no, now now he is back. It's uh, I, you know, I'll be really disappointed if we don't get a Siren reaction somewhere, and I I'm not so sure we will. They see, you know, it seems like Peter David has just kind of written her off with the whole. I don't know if you read X Factor, but she's become this mystic uh, Morrigan thing now, so it's it's probably not going to happen. But anyway, to, to get back on track about the movie The Wolverine, so you know, I I, I like that framework. You know, I, I really enjoyed that scene and. You know, as much as is wrong with Wolverine Origins, I did l- like the Highlander stuff in it, which is to, to say, you know, the through time and, you know, just seeing him living and being in battles and that stuff. But he's a pacifist in that se- that sequence. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's a complete pacifist. He keeps Victor from doing things. Right. And then when you ultimately get that first scene of him driving the truck, he's like, I'm the best there is at what I do. And I'm like, well, we haven't seen you do anything. This is the right. X-Men Origins. You can't. You can't take any of the, the the baggage from the first three X-Men movies and, and use it as any yeah, kind of currency because it's before that. Right. In this movie, it makes a huge point of saying that it absolutely takes place after the the, the three X-Men movies right. and Origins. And I thought that they did a really good job of putting Wolverine in the here and now and prepping him for and, Days of Future Past. In fact, you know, when I originally heard, and it at first seemed a little shoehorned because originally it was developed and, you know, coming off of Wolverine Origins, one of the tags was he's in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, there was a sense of, okay, that's where the movie is. When I heard it was going to be a sequel to X3, I was worried about it for a while, but I, I thought that stuff played really well. I mean, you know, Famke Johnson looked great, um, you know, and even though it was only in his head, that, that's fine. You know, um, I, I enjoyed all that stuff, even down to, you know, um, the former soldier. I mean, at first I, you know, was a little bit, you know, apprehensive about him being the father of Shingen. You know, they still had Shingen characterized as, you know, this guy that hates him, doesn't like mutants. But, you know, when you think about um, the Wolverine miniseries that you referenced, that is obviously the big influence on the movie, the Chris Claremont, you know, Frank Miller miniseries, which... For me, I mean, this book came out shortly after I started collecting comic books because mm-hmm. we know I'm old. Um, <laughs> and, and in fact, and I, I think I've told you this, you know, and I bought four copies. It, wow. was, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. But I mean, rummaging through the Holiday Inn, like, like comic collection, you know, comic conventions back in Austin, like, 
It must have been 89, 90, 91. The, the things that I wanted. Yeah, that I, book came out in 82. Yeah, that, that book came out in 82. And the, thing I, the, the things that were like my holy grails that I always wanted were that miniseries and uh, the, because it was before the, the cartoons. I wanted that Chris Claremont animated right. X-Men movie, which, I, I mean, is that on DVD or Blu-ray or anything? Like, who has the rights to that? You know what I'm talking about. Which, which one? The, the, the first animated X-Men yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I remember. Like, I mean, the, that's one of those things that even though the Roger Corman Fantastic Four and the, and the Captain America and all that from, uh, you know, the 91, 92, even though you see that at conventions being sold, you you don't really see the old 1980s X-Men cartoon movie anymore. And at, at conventions, like I, I haven't looked lately. Yeah, no, it. it's yeah. like one of those things that it kind you of mean like the Pride of the X Men. That Pride, one, yeah, yeah, Pride yeah. of the X Men. Yeah, like it, it seems like it's fallen off the radar a bit, yeah. and I'd love to revisit it yeah. because that was like the, I, I'm with you. That's kind of the era. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little a couple well, years well, later well, that that's the era that really made the X Men magical and comics yeah. in general for me. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously for me, that's when I was I was collecting. I remember, um, I I could tell you down to the week I started collecting comics which is bizarre but the reason I know is Uncanny 160 is the first comic that I bought new but I bought 159 as a back issue in between I had a friend that got me into comics and he had older issues so I, I, uh, well, 160 is Belasco okay. and 159 is Dracula that's cool yeah so um, I had I started collecting like two weeks after 159 came out um, so the Wolverine miniseries came out the same month as Uncanny 162, which is Wolverine fighting off the brood infection when they're oh, on space. Man. Is that the cover that has Wolverine yes. and then he's half brood? Yes. That's yes. a 1982 book? Yes. No way. I remember that thing on a camping trip and it must have been, I mean, I could have been four years old. That's I, the I, most I, horrific I, I cover ever. I was born in 78. So, I mean, that, that, so, that, yeah, that that's brood. the most horrific cover where you see like Wolverine turning into a brood. That was that was the sickest cover as a kid. I, that thing used to give me nightmares. Now, now wait a second. There's no, no, no. There's two different. Okay. You're thinking of Wolverine as a brood, um, circa two thirty. And now that's late. That, that's later. Yeah, that's later. That's yeah. when he's he's hunched over. Yeah, no. yeah, that's what no, I'm... no, no. One sixty two. He's on his knees and he's fighting it off, and he, and he's his head, he has the claws up, and he's fighting, and he's like and he's facing you know, the he's the, facing yeah. The I'm talking about the one that's more profile. No, no, you're talking about the one he's hunched over, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and he's in the brown costume. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that that that's the later brood stuff. That's that's my yeah, opinion. yeah, yeah. That one, you know, you you, scary, you weren't such a child. Yeah, yeah, that one because he's fully like it's morphing in his face. Yeah, yeah. No, this one is more about his skin is like scaly and stuff and yeah. fighting it off. Um, but the interesting thing was so, and I remember I'm collecting comics and I get like Wolverine. And Wolverine number one at the same time as, you know, Uncanny X-Men. And, and it's weird because you read it and it's like, aren't the X-Men in space? I don't know what the hell is going on. Right. And you keep reading it. And, you know, and the, the fourth issue comes out the same month as Uncanny 166, which is the big double-sized end of this whole brood space saga. You know, and then the following month you get um, Uncanny 167, which at the time also around 162, 163 – you have the New Mutants graphic novel published, and then you have New Mutants number one come out. So Uncanny 167 is when the X-Men come back, everyone thinks they're dead, and the first issue, it, the first page is the New Mutants are sitting around watching Magnum P.I., and uh, the X-Men bust in because they're coming for Xavier because there's a brood queen in Xavier, and that's the whole reason he formed New Mutants. And at the end of the issue, Wolverine goes to Japan. But we've already read that story that's because that's the, four, that's the, the miniseries. And this is this is what I'm about to say is even crazier. 
The Wolverine miniseries occurs during issues 168, 169, 170, 171 of Uncanny X-Men. In those months that those issues came out, Wolverine's not in the book. Wolverine is not in any published Marvel book. Which is pretty awesome, especially like um, in the day of age today where like right. Wolverine's just like in a million books and nobody really cares about continuity. You know, and now they're now with like all the Avengers and X Men crossing over and, and Marvel Now, which I love the Marvel Now stuff, but you have Doc Ock, Spidey in every book and all these and it's like you know yeah, I mean, I guess the wall started breaking down in the late 80s once you started getting into the things like Inferno and Fall of the Mutants. And it was just like, you know, the the, the fact that these characters, especially Wolverine, sells comics mm-hmm. kind of superseded the fact that you had to have some clean continuity that was temporal. You know, like it was actually temporal. Like he's right. in Japan. He can't be right. in these X-Men books. Right. That's, so, a, that's awesome. So, so, so there's a reason I'm talking about all this in relation okay. to the movie. So the last page of Uncanny 171 is the same as the last page of Wolverine number four. It's the wedding invitation. Mm-hmm. And with it's the wedding invitation and Wolverine's written on top of the wedding invitation, hey elf, don't forget to bring the beer. Right. Okay? Because 172, the X-Men go to Japan for the wedding. Okay? So, it, it actually, it's pretty much it's a direct continuation from, from one to four. Yeah. You know? Um, I bring it up because everyone references um, that the four issues are an influence. But in fact... 172 through 175 brings with Japan and brings Viper and Silver Samurai in because they're not in the miniseries. Right. Okay? So the storyline that has them involved goes goes to there. goes the to that point. Books. Yes, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's uncanny 172 to 175. So, um, and in fact, because of Mastermind's involvement, there's a hint of, oh, you think Dark Phoenix is there for a second and turns out it's not. But the fact that you have Jean Grey in the movie too, and with all the advertising, is it going to be Phoenix or not? You know, so it, I just think it's important to discuss the source material in that regard. Um, and, and therein lies my disappointment in the movie because um, the aspects of the movie that are reminiscent of the Wolverine miniseries I really enjoyed. You know, um, yeah, that, that aspect, the Schengen stuff, um, even the opening, you know, where Wolverine's in Canada and. It did it a little bit differently, but it still came down to, you know, the hunters that shot the bear. You know, I kind of wanted the line. You know, yeah, they didn't use it in the other movie, but it's where he uses the line. The opening of the miniseries, I'm the best series of what I do, but what I do best isn't very nice. You know, and, you know, you, you kind of, I wanted it, you know. Right. Um, it was kind of cool, you know. He felt the need at that point to go get the bear, you know. In the comic, he just talked about, you know, the bear had gone crazy and all that. So we actually got to see it. And that was, that was really cool. You know, I really enjoy the bar scene. Um, you know, to see Yukio initially, um, you know, so different in characterization, yet very modern. You know, the, the crazy hair and all that, as opposed to, you know, what we had in the comic. The change in her origin, um, you know, I guess we didn't really need a romantic triangle. But it's just so contrary to what the character is to Wolverine and, and, you know, was in that miniseries. Is that the triangle that you felt? I felt, I obviously felt the triangle between Mariko and Wolverine and her ex-lover, who was now a pseudo-bad guy. We'll, wait, we'll, we'll, we'll get to his we're, motivations, because his motivations seem like the sloppiest. I'm going right now. I mean, I didn't think it was much of a triangle. I hate everything about making Harada, who isn't the Silver Samurai. Right. I mean, he's supposed to be Kanuchio Harada. So when you know that the Silver Samurai is going to be in this movie, when I first see him and he's called the Rod, he has all these badass skills, and I'd seen, you know, some things for, you know, trailers and stuff, you know, I see Silver Samurai in it, 
I was really excited. He's going to get on the armor. He's going to be a mutant. You know, he's going to use his, his, his mutant power is to take, you know, anything and make it like, you know, cuts or anything. So that's what, you know, what happened to his sword. Right. You know, and, and we... But that's all technological now. Well, more than that being technological, it's not, it's not him. Right. You know, um, and he's like he, he's probably better than Clint Barton in this movie. Like he's he's yeah. he's nailing arrows no, he, into guys better awesome. than Clint Barton. He, yeah, he's like a full-on ninja, which is what Silver Samurai should be. But more importantly, in the comics, you know, the motivation you find out, and Silver Samurai was a character in the comics that was around before, but you find out in issues one seventy two to one seventy five that he's Shingen's illegitimate son. He's Mariko's brother. So for me, that particular love triangle was like watching Game of Thrones. Right. You know? Um, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, they shouldn't be, you know, here they're clearly not related. Right, granted, but, you know, I, I had to wait half the movie to be clear on that. You know, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? You know, and, 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 and I'm sorry, that, that, that disappointed me. It, it, it's, it's better motivations for a lot of things. If, if he was her half brother, it would have been, right. you know, you would have had that jealousy aspect. And really, like, they're not, there's no, there's no romantic inclination at all. No. Because he could have been, been her half brother, and that could have been his motivation to protect her, you know. And you know, and he's still in else. service to his father. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I feel like the Why the one the one place where the where the movie kind of threw me a little bit, and it made the movie feel long, was you're unclear about the villain's motivations for so long, really, until that final battle scene, that right. final fight scene, that you realize that I mean, we're, we've already spoiled this thing like crazy. So if you haven't watched Wolverine, you're you know, sorry. You shouldn't have hit it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm going yeah. to do a review of a movie. Yeah. Well, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. But, but, I mean, at the very end of the movie, you finally get the fact that, you know, that Wolverine's been conned and they're going to try and steal his healing factor to, to get the old man to be right. young again and, and, and all that. But um, Harada really was the most pointless, most directionless to me because he feels like an ally. And then he's you know in you know cahoots with viper and then at the end he's you never really got any placement of uh, it, there was no clarity to his character and well, the audience kind of goes that, without any kind of direction for a long and, time and and that's what makes the movie feel long well. first of all i hate the casting of viper because she doesn't look anything like viper in the comics um i mean i guess with the whole marvel you know rights issue you couldn't really make her madam hydra but I she, mean, she looks like the enchantress yeah. Like in her in her green uniform, I, I was like, yeah. oh, you kind of look like the Enchantress, yeah, I, and that's not even. I mean, I guess the fact that you know she's Gaijin, you know she's you know Westerner in Japan, you know Viper in the comics is practically Asian looking. I mean, she's a small brunette woman, you know, who actually has you know uh, almond shaped eyes. You know, she's not she's not Asian in the comics, but you know. I could see why, from a casting standpoint, you might have wanted someone who stands out more as a Westerner, mm-hmm. but that that sort of bothered me. And then, you know, oh, I guess she's a viper, so she's a snake tongue. I mean, all yeah. right, whatever, you know. Um, but you know, I guess I, I, I don't want to call myself a comic purist, but you know, Viper is also Madame Hydra, and they've firmly established Hydra as within the Marvel purview. You know, the, the separate Marvel movies yeah. with Captain America, so it's tricky. But by the way. Most of Viper's appearances, all of Viper's appearances prior to Uncanny 172 were Captain America related. She was Madame Hydra. Then they brought her in with Wolverine. As the years went on, they brought more involvement with her and Wolverine and stuff. And, you know, not to make people get crazy, but, you know, he actually married her at one point, you know. Um, but, you know, it's th- – that really bothered me. And, by the way, talking about motivations – so what exactly is her motivation? So she's a scientist and she likes to play with, 
you know, these things to give it to this guy? Like, did you really get a sense yeah. of what her, motiv- her motivation is? You know? Uh, was she getting paid? I mean, what was it? Right. In Harada, I felt, was the similar thing. Like, yeah. you know, he, he's actually putting his, the woman he supposedly loves in jeopardy this entire time. Right. You know, he, he pursues Wolverine to a point, and then he gives up. You know, he's like, he's like, yeah. he's like Amazing Spider-Man chasing you know uncle ben's killer in the last movie right. it's like he tried and then they got on a train and at, he gave up at least they did enough with the fiance that i felt i got it although in the comics much more menacing and the fact that it was shingen that slapped her instead of the fiance bugged me mm-hmm. you know because i mean that's part of the whole thing of the guy's a scumbag you know but i mean whatever and and, and that ultimately that's my big issue is um shingen too who's really masterfully crafted uh, villainous character in the comic um, because initially you're not really sure how villainous he is he's just the disapproving father you know and ultimately you find out he's really this big oyabun you know he's a he's a kingpin of crime you know in Japan um, which which makes it interesting you know um, I just I felt like there just wasn't quite enough um, development here I mean so what he cares about propriety and then suddenly he's thinking about killing his daughter because his father is leaving her everything? I yeah. mean, really? Like, I don't know. I just I just think that could have been done a lot better. But he did have the best death in the movie. Yeah. No, I mean he had the awesome. I mean after that fight and then he gets the claws through him, he had you know, I'm the Wolverine but that whole just, thing. You know what, in, in in the comic, you know, you have that whole scene where Wolverine's healing factor's been tainted, you right. know, he's drugged in the comic, and Shingen beats the shit out of him. And he says he's not even worthy of real swords. So he uses practice wooden swords and beats the shit out of him. You know, pretty much leaves him for dead. And it's awesome. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, I mean, why don't we get that scene? Right. You know? Um, and then then when they fight again later and Wolverine ends up killing him, it just, you know, it, it pays off a lot more. The other thing that that was weird was um, I feel like they forced the arrows on on ropes thing just because it's such an iconic cover to yeah. the Wolverine. Like yeah. they have Wolverine with all these arrows in him, but yeah. but Wolverine does something very uncharacteristic. He gets off the motorcycle at the front of the town, almost to make that scene with it's the like ninjas. Meanwhile, what's her name just drives the motorcycle right up to the right. gates yeah, of the yeah, of the yeah. tower. Yeah. You know, five minutes later in pursuit of Wolverine, but. Um, when he gets off his motorcycle, I'm like, dude, why are you getting off your motorcycle? Right. There are ninjas on the roof. You can probably smell them. And um, oh, we need the arrows scene. So, so some of the stuff was style over substance, but I, I still enjoyed the movie a lot. No, me too. And and that's just it, you know. And I always laugh. I tell people the story a lot about me being on the show when we talked about X Men First Class because it was I came out of X Men First Class and I liked it, and then I sat talking to you and I tore it apart. You were like, are you sure you liked it? And, yeah. and this is a situation like this again. Yeah, no, this movie is so much better than X3, Wolverine Origins, and First Class. You know? Um, Which you liked. I did like First Class. I liked it too. But there's so much blatantly wrong continuity wise <laughs> with it, it drives me fucking insane. And the fact that, you know, and, and Kevin Bacon, it just doesn't make it, it's just obviously two scripts shoehorned together. Yeah. It doesn't make... He's two different characters at different points in the movie. There's not even a good explanation of it. It's just stupid, you know? And it bothers me. But, I mean, I'm so, so excited for Days of Future Past. And I know you didn't make it, but I went to the panel at Comic-Con. And I'm assuming you heard uh, about you it. You got the Trask hat. 
Oh, I, I I came over to Ian's place and and he's got the one of the Trask Industry hats with the logo and it's all seventies and trucker hat and I saw it and I was like, you son of a next time. Next, 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 and, and Ian had an exhibitor badge from Geekscape this this year, so next time he's running the booth and I'm gonna get the free stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what happened in the family? Well, you know, um, Marvel did. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, that's the Fox panel. Excuse me. Um, yeah, they had done. Um, the uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was great, and you know, and Jackman came out, and you know, they they did they did something on the Wolverine, you know, on the, this movie, even though it was only a week ago, you know, and the party's going like, all right, this movie's come out in a week, even though it was a cool panel, and Jackman was great, you know, and then he's seemingly leaving, and he's like, oh wait, you know, wait a second, you know, what 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 else do we have, you know, and uh, they uh, basically um, Brian Singer came out and brought like the entire cast of. All the the X Men movies. Whoa! It was like well, not, Famke Johnson. I did read about that. Yeah, yeah Famke Johnson and James uh, Morrison weren't there. Okay, and that's about it. Everyone else was there. It was insane. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, everybody, and they just flew in just for this. Uh, some of them flew in just for. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence was uh, there earlier in the day for Hunger right. Games, but you know, um, it was it was insane. It was like it was really crazy. How long were they on the panel? Oh, it was a good twenty-minute pal. I mean, it was yeah, it was it was great. Um, and they showed footage, and they showed the footage three times because people were going. Well, what, what was it? I mean, was it different? Obviously, it was different than the post-credit scene from Wolverine. Like, oh, what, yeah. what, what was it? Oh, it, it opens up like in a dystopian future, um, and it's very Age of Apocalypsey. But you know, you could tell. I mean, seemingly it stays a future past, but it just felt a little more. You know, yeah. you got Xavier, who's older, who's Patrick Stewart, and Magneto, and they're all together, and. You see the old other X Men. You know it's um, what do you call it? Um, Sean Ashmore's Iceman with a beard. Okay. You know because he's open now. Um, Ellen Page back as Kitty Pride. Um, you know Wolverine. Wolverine who has who has a streak of gray in his hair. Okay. You know and basically you can see everything's a mess and you know Xavier is talking to Wolverine saying you know we need to send you back. So instead of it being Kitty Pride is the focus of going back, it's Wolverine. Okay, which of course my instant thought is, right, how did you hook Jackman and you got to make it Wolverine-centric, right. right? So in essence, I mean, we're getting another Wolverine movie in a year. Okay. You know, and that was the whole point of throwing this tag on, you know, which, which we'll get to. But um, basically, um, Xavier's talking about how at the, at the time that he's being sent back to, you have to convince me, his younger self, to have hope again. Because at this time, I was not, you know, the man that you know. And then you see it's the 70s, and, uh, you know, and now we get the first class cast back, you know. So it's McAvoy with long hair and a beard, you know, rolling around, you know, in the, uh, in the wheelchair, you know, and it's um, Fassbender as Magneto. And even Magneto's, you know, giving you him advice about going back there. So, you know, it's a Wolverine's mind is transferred to his younger self in the 70s, and he has to deal with them. You know, so and it's just didn't didn't you wow. just tell them to fuck off like like, like ten yeah, years earlier right. when they were recruiting yes. X Men and that's exactly first right. class. Yeah. Well, we know he doesn't show up, or we he thought he didn't show up again. Yeah. Until X Men, you know, until you know the other movies. So it begs the question: Is the way to clean up X Three and all of it really, and essentially, if this isn't really just like the Star Trek reboot? Yeah. You know, because that's sort of what I'm expecting. I think off of this movie, they get to go forward with Wolverine in the cast. 
and it's you know everything happened and yet it starts over anyway yeah i mean they did kind of at the end of x-men united start to undo even the things like magneto's magnetism going away or him being depowered and patrick stewart being vaporized in that scene and obviously yeah in x3 x-men united yeah and now we've got you know when you see the uh, the post credit to wolverine you see them together and it felt good yeah. you know what i mean like it felt good to see them together and um I think well, the, this Wolverine movie, it's a lot of fun. And I think a lot of the credit for that being fun, it, because the, obviously there's continuity errors and issues, especially for your hardcore comic fan like Ian. Um, and you bring up really, you, uh, but you bring up really good points. I call the problems in. Well, they, they become character problems. They become character problems. Yeah, yeah, continuity issues. This is just, it's, it, it's script issues. Listen, I, I said at the beginning yeah. of this that, like Daredevil, why bother deviating from the comic in places that would have worked really well cinematically? Would have been better. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not someone, and you know this. I'm not someone that says nothing should be changed and everything sacrosanct. There, it's just gonna make sense. Yeah, there are times it works, and there's times where you know what the way it was told in the comic was just better. But um, you know, ultimately, it's like it's it's story points, it's character points that I'm having issue with. Overall, I really like the movie. Um, it's it's well directed. You know, it's well made. Um, Jackman is fucking great in it. And, and they seem to be having fun doing yeah, it, which and, adds to a lot of it. And Jackman gets more and more. I mean, he's bigger and fitter, and I mean, he's literally you're looking at it. He is Wolverine. I mean, it's great, and they do a joke about the height, yeah, you know, and they did a joke about the height, you know, in it, and, and it's great. But other than the height, he is so the character on screen. It's really great, you know. Um, I mean, down to you know the self surgery and you know pulling his own heart out, <laughs> and all, you know, and, and and that's what Wolverine would do. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that stuff. I just ultimately, you know, the Silver Samurai stuff, it's it's like he's a fuck, you know, it may as well have been the Ironmonger, you know? Um, and that just really bugged me. I mean, I, I saw it coming a mile away. There's going to be the old man in the armor, you yeah. know? And that's not the Silver Samurai, you know? And so, I don't know, that, that, that just sort of bugged me. But overall, I really enjoy the movie. Um, it's fun. It's good. It's solid. I had someone text me say... This is gonna make you laugh that I know someone like this, but someone who's never doesn't read comics ever and has never seen a single X Men Wolverine movie said, "Oh, can I go see this movie?" You know, without knowing anything. And I said, "You know what? You can go see it. The only thing that won't make any sense to you is the tag at the end." And the Jean Grey stuff. But the Jean Grey stuff, yeah. you know, you you get, get that it. you get that it's a former lover that died. You know, maybe he had something to do with it. It's you know. Someone that knows nothing wouldn't have a problem understanding that. Mm-hmm. Might take a minute to go, oh, she's not really there, you know. And then it wouldn't—it wouldn't mean the same to someone that hasn't seen the other movies. But it wouldn't be impossible to understand. But uh, I think, you know, it, it's a, the action's great. You know, it's well done. I just, you know, even even the ninjas with you know Harada, I just, you know, in the comics, you know, there's the hand and they're in, in, an organization, and you have that, you know, this this whole Japanese underworld thing going on and I just didn't feel we had enough of that you know it wasn't there maybe it's better in a director's cut you know I don't know if we, if we lost some of that characterization mm-hmm. but I just felt like as good as it is it could have been a lot better you right. know and but it's, it's still I mean I have to put it you know um, I mean x is the best well, you know I hate doing lists but I'll do yeah, it yeah. x is the best then X-Men then this yeah. you know and then I'd probably go first class Wolverine, you know, Wolverine Origins, and then X three. No, um, and there were things that I thought were worked better. Uh, that 
I was more I wasn't excited when I went into the movie. And the second it started, I was really into it. Even stuff that I'd already seen and kind of discarded online, like that train sequence. The train sequence, when I saw the train sequence online, it just seemed like silly. Like I was watching the freeway sequence from from Matrix 2. Right. And it's just not a small screen sequence. When I saw it, when I saw it on the screen, it was so much fun to watch. And I and I love that there's no I love that there's no music. And I love that it's just sound design, and you see every impact, you feel every yeah, impact. Well, I was this watching, was a fun sequence. When I'm watching that sequence, mind you, he's fighting a normal human being, yeah, totally right? Cool. No, yeah. no, an Akuza assassin. Fine. That is no normal but human my being. My point is that it's not superpowers, and they're doing this shit, and it's like, and you feel it. You're like, oh my god, this is fucking insane. When they have to jump over stuff, and like they're not sure they're gonna, you know, and then sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, and it's like, fuck. It's like it's like honestly, it was like playing an old time video game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, like, it was a fun sequence. Yeah. So, the, 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 so the, honestly, if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, if you're listening to this this far, you, you probably should see this movie. But don't movie? discredit it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you saw this as download, you know, let's say you pirated the movie. Right. Like, like those tons of people who did that with X Men Origins after yeah. that thing disappeared off yeah, the Fox yeah, lot. Yeah. If you downloaded yeah. this movie, um, no, for sequences like this, go see it in the big screen. Yeah. I didn't see it 3D. I don't know if you have to see it 3D. I didn't say 3D. But um, I, I heard. But it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, actually, I really I thought about it. It was like, it was like steeplechase because I'm yes. old. Yeah. No, or or just any 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 of those uh, sequences from Battletoads that you had to like right. r- ride the jet right. skis. But the point is, is that you know it's like as a person, you know, you're in a situation and you have an obstacle and you're running at it. But the thing about being on that train is like in a video game, you're moving along and it comes at you and you have to decide to hit the button to jump. Yeah. You know, as if because it, it, the video game automatically makes you like you're moving quickly. You know, <laughs> you're driving. Run. You ever play yeah. Temple Run on your phone? No. It's like Temple Run. You have to yeah. jump over shit, duck right, under shit. Right. It, I mean, it's a fun sequence and definitely worth going to see the movie for. And I thought there were a couple sequences like that in the movie. I like the uh, the funeral scene where, funeral you know, the funeral scene's cool. Fight. The run through uh, Shiboya, I guess. The, the You know, I mean, the, there's a lot in the movie that's a lot of fun. Sometimes it feels thin as far as we're concerned because now as a comic book you know, franchise, there's so much more. In, it's almost like we walk into these comic book movies expecting to see a million characters and see a reference of a million movies and to build a universe. And after something like uh, The Avengers and Iron Man, this one seems like it's a bit more focused. And so I was like, wait, well, you know, I know there are more X-Men and this and that. And... And so after a while, just watching a little bit of Wolverine, you start going, okay, what else is there to this? But that's also kind of why I enjoy the movie, too. Is So I was a bit mixed on no, that. But I like the point that, you know, after X3, he's so despondent. He just left everybody, right. went off and wanted to be left alone from the world, you know. And at the end, when so he's going back, I mean, I personally am sitting there going, okay, when he's saying, where, where are we going? I wanted him to say Westchester. Yeah. And he didn't. And then you get the tag, and it's two years later. And did you feel the point of that tag and uh, saying two years that they have room to fit in another Wolverine story? I mean, I didn't really get what the point of it being two years later was. No, um, I mean that's a good call that they could fit in another Wolverine it, story, or just, you, know. you know. But um, it's an enjoyable movie. I, what, what I was saying earlier, though, is even though you know there's a, a bigger world out there, the focus on the Wolverine, it was just fun. I mean, Hugh Jackman, even though like. I'm a traditionalist in the X-Men are Cyclops' team. Like across the board, Cyclops is the leader. And I think that the movies, if I have any disagreement with them, is that they've started to treat 
Wolverine is the star when really it is it is Cyclops' well, that's team. Just it. You know what I mean? In in this movie, you get to see Wolverine as the star. When the first movie was coming out, they almost called it Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah. Which the fact that it's a comic now, Wolverine and the X Men, that's exactly the point. That's where they were going. You know, acknowledging his popularity, and you know, I always felt the same way growing up. My two favorite X Men were Cyclops and Wolverine, sort of equally because for different reasons, but. When you start talking about who's leading the X-Men, it's never – like it makes you – know, the idea of Wolverine is the leader? No, because Wolverine's a loose cannon. You know, He's not the tactician. He's not the one – I mean they've done a good job of developing the comics and everything else in that way. But you know, it, it's sort of like this interesting um, dichotomy of you have Wolverine when he's with the kids in the X-Men and you have him with the Avengers and he's the complete loose cannon still. Yeah. You know, So it's – it, that's just an interesting aspect of things. Um, as you said, for me, it's Cyclops is the ultimate leader. You know, I mean, Cyclops is Captain America, but even more so because Cyclops has been trained since he's a kid to be this. You know, um, it starts. You know, not to get too off into the comic books, but you know, the current comic book stuff. You know, um, I like the Uncanny book because it's Cyclops being that leader and taking care of the kids again. Yeah. But even though he he's got to retrain himself because his yeah. powers have gone a little weird with the Phoenix thing, but I, I like that because otherwise him being the big mutant terrorist and that stuff, it's like it's just that's not him. You know what's what's interesting about it? I, I I didn't like them making him crazy in AVX, but I I don't mind what Bendis is doing with it because what Bendis is saying that is not not him is push comes to shove and where they went with all of him going militant is he's been trained to. Not to use a word that, you know, within the framework of the X books is a little odd to use because it's applied to someone else, but he's actually been trained to be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's an actual great moment where Magneto mentions being proud of him and said, in essence, even though Magneto had already left Xavier, Cyclops, you know, if you think of it as a battle for the soul of, of Cyclops between Xavier's teachings and Xavier himself and Magneto, I mean, it makes perfect sense that. Cyclops is the one Magneto would want on his side more than anyone. He's the ultimate spokesperson. I mean, it's it's he's the person that's always been, you know, this the agenda of do, doing what's right and best for mutants has been his whole life. Yeah, you know, which which makes life. which makes his treatment in X three the most tragic because, I mean, I would have I mean yeah. an, an ending where he has to. Put down Gene as the strategist, as right. the person like like that is an ending that we will never get, right. and it is the, I mean it's one of our geek losses of all time. Cyclops went out like a bitch. It it, it, it it makes me hate that movie. I sat in the theater and I went, what? It was like this is just not right. He's, he's the guy who should have put down. Gene. I mean, he's the guy who should have put down Gene. Yeah, you know what I mean, or or he and. And and Logan having a finally finding one agreement among their entire three movie relationship, they finally agree on one thing: they have to team up to put down the woman they both love. <laughs> it's just such a loss thinking about that, that ending. You know, that they should fail, and it should be like in the comics, she does it herself. Right. You know, again, it's like Uncanny One Thirty Seven. You know, fine, you couldn't do exactly that book with the year and all that, but more or less, you know, it's one of the greatest moments in comic book history why not fucking film it yeah no i mean everybody seems like they want to put their own stamp on things and 
these are characters and stories that have been refined over decades. There's a reason and you come in and iconic. over the course of two years, you put in your own stamp and it. Why not trust the refinement that, right. that decades upon decades you know of storytellers have given to it or something? Your, your, your stamp is, is how you shoot it and everything else, but the story is iconic for a reason. Yeah. You know? Um, it's, I mean, I referenced the Daredevil movie and, you know, all the things done wrong there because, you know, if, you know, if you introduce the romance between Matt Murdock and Electro Noctrios in college and it's this great whirlwind romance and then the tragedy happens, you know, which, by the way, is a great way of a- an aspect of his origin, you know, and, and the, him failing to save her father. You know, and she goes off and then you have the kingpin, you know, and then you bring her back in. You know, as this sort of foil, but they have this relationship, you know, and she's the past and all that, and you feel all of that, you know? Um, you know, interestingly, in the comic books, first we have a show up, and then we slowly find out about the history, and then later they do the miniseries, and you see it explored more, you know? But so if, if the movie had just done it more linearly, it still would have played great, mm-hmm. you know? Or, or have Karen Page be the romance in the first movie, and, you know. Yeah. That I've always wanted to still see. You know, if they redo Daredevil, I still want to have. I don't want them to push Elektra into no, I, the first movie necessarily. I think there's a great first Kingpin, you know, Daredevil movie without Elektra and without Bullseye and just doing a nice Karen Page setup film. And I mean, maybe doing something with you know Typhoid Mary or any of the other villains. You know, you got. Already, I know. They, they I know. I know. Electric, they put her in Electra, but that yeah. was that was that was that was uh, Fox. Yeah. And Marvel has it back. They, Mar- Marvel has complete green light to reboot Daredevil, and the, the, I think the fans and will come to it. Right? Yeah, in Electra. Yeah. But um, finishing up with Wolverine. I think that what they needed to do was kind of get the taste of the last two uh, of of X3 and X-Men Origins Wolverine out of the mouth. I think I, I do think that X-Men uh, First Class went a long way in doing that and proving that this is still a franchise that everybody cares about even if you don't have the marquee characters. And now X-Men is bringing the marquee actors and characters yeah, back I'll, into I'll, it. I, and I think Days of Future Past is going to be fucking phenomenal. You know? Um, I mean, at the very least, it's Singer getting back to, you know, what was good and, and trying to fix things. Um... I'm hopeful, although it could get very messy, but, you know, they may do something where they go, okay, all the issues with continuity of other movies are because the time stream's already been messed with, mm-hmm. you know? And the, you know, if there's even just an aside comment to that effect, fine, it gives us something. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, you have, in X2, you have a human-looking beast. In X3, it's Kelsey Grammer as the blue-furred beast. You know, and yet in First Contact, 40, yeah, 50 years class, before, yeah. I'm sorry, First Class, you know, you have, um, you know, him becoming a furry beast. You're in 1963. Yeah, so so the only explanation for that really is that in X2, he was using a holographic projector to show up on the news. <laughs> but it's kind of ridiculous. And that could be, but the age is a problem also. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, right? Because Kelsey Graham is not 80. Right. Right? Well, I mean, it's a 20-year-old kid. You had a couple... 20-year-old kid, 1963. Yeah, and then you have something in 2003. You've got yourself 40 years. Yeah, he's a 60-something. I think Kelsey Grammer is that that age. But the person on the news in X2 was not. Right. The well, person on the, the news in X2 was in his 30s. Yeah, Steve Bassick. Um, 
So I mean, that'd be awesome. Even if the origin of Bishop, of Bishop in this film is that he's already kind of been playing with it, then then really all goes. You know what I mean? Like they can really accept any type of X Men story. What's that? You saw Bishop in the footage. Yeah. What else did you see in the footage? Dude, it was just fucking awesome. It's okay, awesome. so they said a little readback. What else? Were there like quick clips and stuff? Did Bishop yeah. have the mutant eye, the M carved into his eye? Um, I, I, he had the dreads, and we saw the actor that plays him is a big guy. He was okay. a big guy, you know, and he was out there, and um, Ellen Page was flirting with him, uh, which is interesting because talk about night and day, okay, you know, because she's tiny, and uh, no, it was just great. It was great. Actually, it was really funny. Uh, Ian McKellen flirted with Michael Fassbender. I read about that, yeah. but I'm talking about the footage. What, what else did you get? Um, it was just like a quick shot of Bishop, you know, like it was like you just saw like quick little you know little shots of this character or that character you know and you, you see like the 70s and the x-men there and you know and that uh xavier is just so like whatever like he just looks like he's checked out you with the long greasy hair and the beard and you know it's just it was really cool man we're not gonna get anything from you and it's because you have that trash cat and you're probably so happy right now with your trash cat have you worn the trash cat I haven't you haven't worn it yet I'd be wearing it every day. Like, what, like I, I wore an ElfQuest shirt almost every day after after Comic Con. I was in Comic Con denial. You, you should be wearing the Trask hat. All right, Ian. Let's wrap this up. Wolverine. We both liked it, but obviously we had our reservations, mainly because of the treatment of the villains and their motivations. Yeah. But it's a fun movie. Yeah, it did what it needed movie. to it's do. Good. It, it just that um, you know, it's as I said, and honestly, it kind of comes down to one simple thing. It's fucking Fox. You know. What's wrong with this movie? I don't think Marvel would have made the same mistakes. Then again, there is Iron Man 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> we don't have the time for it. <laughs> well, you know, we, you just, you know to, to, to understand that one, go back to our, our last you know, converse, you know, our conversation about Iron Man 3 in the archives, right? Oh, man. Yeah, Iron, yeah, yeah. Um, oh wait a second! Because coming off of Comic Con, uh, have you discussed the Marvel panel? No. Uh, very simple thing in reference to Iron Man three or beyond Iron Man three is um, basically Joss Whedon comes out at the end of the Marvel panel, and he says, "I have something to show you," and you see this thing, and you basically see shots of like you know, you first you see Iron Man. You know, and then you see you know Hulk and Thor and all the other Avengers, and then you see this image, and it it's kind of coming pulling out of it and pulling out. And you see it's like a helmet and all that, and finally as it gets way way back, you see it's the face of Ultron, and it says Avengers: Age of Ultron yeah. is the next one. But yeah, but that's that that's the footage they showed. I, any idea who like this whole Vin Diesel thing is that just silliness? Like, well, any idea on on what what he's gonna do? I think they're gonna make him Ultron. Oh, you know that'd be cool. A big physically imposing Ultron, but yeah. also, yeah. Because the whole th- idea was that, he, was he the Vision? Was he this? Oh, no, making no, him Ultron would be yeah, awesome. No, no, I haven't heard anyone say it, but to me, I think that it's sort of obvious since they're not acknowledging Vision. Um, and I think we all react a certain way. Uh, you know, you've heard me say this before, and it might be great and I may love it, but my big concern for Marvel all along has been, you know, there's an expectation now, a Marvel movie, how big is it going to be? And so I think of an Ant-Man movie, and I'm into it. I'm going to want to see it, but I don't expect, like, you know, you know, huge masses of people want to see this movie. But, you know, 
like an Ant-Man movie is where we should see the beginnings of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but, but I think that's been refuted. I think in the, I think they've actually said Hank Pym's not going to create Ultron. I know they, they have said that, which doesn't mean we won't see the beginnings of it. You know, but um, that that sort of concerns me for it not to be that. You know, I wonder what what's going to be. You know, now I was also a little bothered by the notion of them calling it the Age of Ultron because Age of Ultron is a comic that just came out, which. Had its moments, but ultimately, I think we're left with a mess right now. You know, literally, it just ended, you know, a month ago. And if you think about it in its entirety, all it really is is a retread of Days of Future Past, which begs some interesting thoughts considering there's so much controversy going on with, like, you know, so Evan Peters from American Horror Story, who's playing Quicksilver, and Days of Future Past was on the panel, too, you know. Um, And they try to get, like, some comments about it but they weren't really there but you know the fact that you know there's this sort of I won't call it a fight but the rights were kind of up in limbo for both Marvel and Fox about Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and apparently they're both going to use them so uh, well at least Quicksilver Um, but you know so added to that is my point that Age of Ultron as a story is such a retread of Days of Future Past that I don't you know, by calling it Age of Ultron, I mean, it actually is, is an interesting way to tell the Ultron story, to open up in this dystopian future, you know, and realize you have to go back, but, you know, are they going to get the same fucking movie? Yeah. Uh, are they going to do the volcano Dante's Pink right. thing, but it's but, all Marvel but, movies? But, and, and yet, they got to know better because Days of Future Past is going to come out a year earlier. Yeah. So I can't see them doing that. I think maybe, maybe they're just running with the title. You know, but I mean, that's what Age of Ultron is, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, it's certainly a good reason to get them all back together. And that that's what the what they showed us at Comic-Con. The implication was, oh, you know, they, they actually they said, you know, they showed the footage that, you know, when they were needed to all come together again, they will from the end of Avengers. And then it's Age of Ultron. So that would be the reason they all come together again. It has to be something big. And obviously the whole idea of Thanos is going to wait till eight until Avengers three. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he was such a big promise, and now it's like, wait, we got to wait for him again? Well, you know, it, it's an introduction, and it, what makes me wonder is I think they probably want to play it into and get a second Guardians before they bring him. Because yeah, once you do him in, in Avengers, you've busted your knot. Yeah. That, that Captain America Thanos showdown that, like, we all love from Infinity Gauntlet, right. once you show him, it's over. Yeah. And, I mean, exactly. I mean, Avengers 3 is Infinity Gauntlet, isn't it? Not if you listen to a Latino review and they're talking about the Hulk, World War Hulk. And they, saying, I mean, that's all been debunked. It, 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 yeah, well, it's either been debunked or maybe it was true at one point and now they're not going to do it and they've changed their mind because it got out. You know, we'll never know. Um, I'm always reminded that line in, in The Player. You know, oh, I thought it was a rumor. The rumors are always true. You know, rumors tend to get started because it's a conversation that maybe was a serious conversation, yeah. but it's at the development stage and it's just as easy to, to shift you know, but um, I feel like at the moment. Oh, by the way, the Guardians panel was great. Um, you know, they were all there and it was awesome. Karen Gillan took a wig off. Yeah, and was, yeah it was insane. Uh, I love that those red hair, that red hair of hers. You know, but uh, you actually got to catch it if you were in, sitting in the right seat. You would have caught it. Yeah. You know, but you'd have to give it back. All right, Ian, we're gonna have to get you on Geekscape soon to talk about more stuff. But we recommend the Wolverine with our reservations and we look forward to all I mean each and every one of these comic book movies like honestly they make a speedball movie I'd be looking forward to it yeah because um, exactly. that, that's, that's just the fandoms that's the fans that we are 
Um, all right, Geekscapist. From Ian's, uh, Ian's going to go back to massaging himself with his weird pole thing. And uh, he's probably going to throw himself in a shower because I came over and he was like, oh, just finished working out because he's Ian. Uh, he, he will never rest until he is the Batman. Um, we'll see you guys next time on Geekscape. From Ian's uh, apartment, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Say bye. Bye.